the thing that we need to focus on is like getting our systems where they're good enough to where things are as easy and frictionless as they can possibly be in the short term without achieving perfection. Let's let go of perfection. Welcome to Profit and Prosper, a podcast for entrepreneurs who are ready to make some money while doing what they love. On this podcast, we're going to pull back the curtain and talk about all things business and money, but I promise you this is not your typical boring numbers talk. I'm your host, Sarah Young, a CPA and CFO with over a decade of experience in finance, business, and leadership. I'm going to share everything I've learned from helping my clients grow more profitable businesses and keep more of what they earn while growing my own successful business along the way. You'll feel empowered and confident that you too can grow your wealth, live a rich life, and have an impact. Stick with me and you might even start to think that finance is fun. Let's dive in. Welcome back, y'all. We're on episode 51 of the Profit and Prosper podcast and the second episode in my profitability series. So in last week's episode, we talked about the importance of profitable offers and how profitable offers create consistent cash flow that helps you to stabilize your business and ultimately help you pay yourself and build wealth. That's really this, this first stage of business, the first thing you need to tackle. Once you have profitable offers, we move on to the next stage of business, which I see the four stages of business as stabilizing, protecting your business, growing your business, and then creating wealth from your business. So profitable offers went along with the stability stage. When we think about the next stage, it's really about what are the things you need to do to protect your business from, you know, make to make sure it lasts to protect your business from potential swings in the economy, to even protect it from your time as the business owner. I mean, you want to ultimately set up a business that can keep running, whether you are there physically in the day-to-day or not, because inevitably there will be times when you have to step away. The key element of profitability when we're in the protecting phase is really about profitable systems. I think systems really impacts every single thing you do. In my opinion, I think a business is really, if you boil it down, it is a set of systems that create money. So you have inputs, things that you put into your business in terms of time and or resources. And the systems, you know, process those inputs, the time and or money, and outcome outputs, hopefully in the form of more money. So a business is a set of systems that turns your inputs into more outputs, basically. Really, I think creating a successful business that can last boils down to really getting clear on what it is exactly that you do to make money. And so in part, that is having profitable offers, but then it's also about all of those systems that take you from, you know, people becoming aware of your business at the very, very top of the funnel all the way down through delivering the offer, all the way down through money lending in your pocket in the form of your CEO salary and owner distributions. I think everything else is extraneous. And I think shiny object syndrome shows up more in this stage than 
really anything else. Maybe at this stage in stage three, growing your business, I think we see a lot of shiny object syndrome. So, you know, I will be clear, like I'm a CFO, I'm a CPA, I'm not a systems expert. I have had multiple people who are really good at processes and systems on the podcast. Daniel Jefferson, Jessica Lackey, Janice Miller um, are coming to mind. So go back and listen to those episodes for, you know, more specific advice around systems. But I'll talk about in this episode, you know, from my experience as a CFO, when I tell clients we need to get this system figured out, <laughs> um, how are the what how do I know that systems are unprofitable? How do I know that systems need to be fixed? So we'll talk about what that looks like and how you can tell if you need to put time and money into fixing your systems. Um, and then we'll talk about, you know, specifically with all the systems that you have in your business, how do you fix them at a high level? And how do you know what to prioritize in order to increase your profitability? So first, let's talk about how do you know your systems are unprofitable? I actually had a meeting with a client earlier this week, and it actually wasn't the business owner. It was their operations person, like the right-hand person of the business owner. And in this meeting, the business owner was telling me, I really feel like we need to get our contract proposal process nailed down. It's really not well documented. Getting invoices sent out the door, getting the billing sent out is always late. People are paying us late. Like this is just creating a cash flow mess. And I agree. I I saw the same problem. Um, This particular business is pretty large. And so we don't like my team doesn't do the billing. They have internal have an internal person handling the billing and payments, which for a business that size, they definitely need. As I was talking to this this person, <laughs> this is one sign I knew that their systems were in need of fixing. Because when I asked him, you know, walk me through the process of creating the contracts, creating the proposal, sending the invoice. How are you documenting these things? How are you keeping track of all of the customers that you have? He said, it's all in my head. <laughs> and there's red flag number one. If everything lives in your head or even in your team member's head, that is a sure sign that your systems are unprofitable. Actually, I'm thinking of another CFO client that I had. It was my first one ever where I remember the business owner saying to me about a couple of team members, two or three specific team members that they had, and they had 100 people on their team. There were two or three specific team members where the business owner says, if these people leave, I am screwed. My business is not going to make it. And I said, why? And the answer was they knew everything there was to know about, you know, their area of expertise within the business. And it wasn't documented. There was no repeatable system process in place in order to do their job. It just lived in their head. So if they walked away or if they had something happen to them, that would be a real struggle for the business owner. So there there's a one sign that that is something that needs to be fixed. Sometimes I ask clients, if you walked away from your business tomorrow, if you went on a vacation for a month, if you said, I can't do this, I need a sabbatical, would your business keep running or would it just completely shut down while you were gone? Ultimately, when we think about protecting your business, I want to protect it not just from cash flow swings. I mean, you've heard me talk about the need for a cash cushion and paying down debt and all of that stuff, having consistent cash flow. Yes, all of that is important to protect your business. But I also want to protect it from relying on your time as the business owner. And I really think that's what separates self-employed people from business owners. 
So a self-employed person basically has a job for themselves within their business. And if they stop doing that job, there's no more business. So to me, that is a self-employed person. I'm thinking like freelancers, a really easy example of somebody who's self-employed versus a business owner. Again, a business is a set of systems and processes that turn your inputs into outputs. We need to make sure we get these defined in your business so that even if you can't fully delegate every piece of the process, it's at least documented. So if somebody else needed to come and step into your shoes in the short term, things could keep going. So if you walked away tomorrow, the business would not keep running. There's a sign your systems are not profitable. If everything in your business is always changing, so your team is always doing something different. I have a whole separate episode on profitable hiring, but if your team and you are always task switching from one thing to the next, if you know your offers are not standardized like we talked about in the last episode, if you know one day as my team is an example, you know, this is something I'm working on. I have some team members who do some bookkeeping and they also do AP. Um, I have another one who does bookkeeping and also does payroll, you know, for some of our clients. And something that I really want to be able to do is to, you know, document, not just document what they do, but be able to um, have the team structure to be able to have one person dedicated to AP so that they're more efficient. And so there's definitely some overlap between systems and teams and really all of the elements overlap. But if everything is always changing, if you or your team are hopping between task to task and you're not able to focus on doing one thing, if your calendar is all over the place, um, that's a good example. If you have meetings pop up, you know, at short notice um, and you're having to change how you had previously planned to use your time, for example, If you have clients coming in and out, you don't have any like recurring steadiness to your business. There's another sign you have unprofitable systems. I think that unprofitable systems also result in this feast or famine. So feast or famine mode is something that we see with businesses. And I've certainly, I mean, I've talked in episodes, this has happened to me too. Like it happens to all of us, I think. But feast or famine mode is when You make a sale, you have cash coming in the door, you're super excited about that. And then you have to turn around and do the work, which is fine because you want to do the work, you want to deliver on your offer. But you're so busy doing the work that you have to stop doing all of your sales and marketing processes. You have to stop doing CEO activities because you know you don't have time outside of doing the work for your clients. You don't have time to do the CEO activities. You can't plan, you can't be creative. This is where feast or famine mode comes in because as soon as that job finishes up, as soon as you finish the work, you now have to switch modes and go back into sales and marketing and CEO time in order to bring more customers in. And so you're feasting when you make the sale and you have the cash. And then as soon as it's done, you're back into famine mode. And so part of that is definitely related to profitable offers, having consistent cash flow. But then I think the second part of that is also related to having marketing and sales and delivery systems in your business to make sure that things continue to run, even if you are spending more time on actual client work. And I think the last sign is we have clients who are underutilizing their resources. So you have things in place, you have team members, you have software, you have 
all kinds of things. Maybe you have contractors or whatever it is. You have resources and you are underutilizing those resources. Meaning, you know, you have team members, but they're not being used to the full capacity. Or you pay for the premium version of all of the software and you end up, you know, not needing to use all of it. I think basically what that results in is money is flying out the door as fast as it's coming back in because you have all these resources you have to keep paying, but you're not utilizing them. So if any of those resonate with you, I think, please know you're not alone. I certainly have things in my business um, that I'm continuing to improve. It's not something you can just all of a sudden snap your fingers and everything's fixed, but I think it's important to step back and realize, hey, I've got a couple areas in my business that I need work. Are you ready to create a profitable business and use that cash flow as a fire starter for building your wealth? Since you're listening to my podcast, I'm guessing that you probably do, but maybe you aren't sure exactly how this would work for your business or if it's even possible for you. But listen, I am here to tell you that it is possible because I have worked with so many women business owners who have done exactly that. You can pay yourself a six-figure CEO salary and get yourself out of the feast or famine cycle where you're worrying about cash flow all the time. You can create a profitable business model that allows you to outsource and delegate so you can take time off from your business while still growing to the next level. And you can use that cash flow to start building a seven-figure portfolio of retirement, real estate, or whatever else you're interested in. If you're an established online or service-based business owner who'd like some hands-on CFO support to increase your profit margins, build your business to the next level, and grow your net worth using that extra cash flow, then the Millionaire CEO Incubator is exactly for you. The Millionaire CEO Incubator is my signature six-month group coaching and done-with-you hybrid program to help you map out and implement a plan to turn six-figure cash flow into seven-figure wealth. We take on a handful of new clients each month by application. So if you're ready to change your money story, go to profitandprosper.co forward slash apply or the link in the show notes and fill out the quick application. It should take no more than two minutes and we'll be in touch. Now let's get back to the episode. And so think about all those things I just said, right? Signs that your systems need some work. And then think about when you've experienced having a really easy flow of things in your business. When things are easy and they're frictionless, I imagine it's like in my business, I picture it like being like watching a musical or something. I think about Encanto for some reason, like when they're all singing the song, we don't talk about Bruno and like they all have the different sort of things that they're saying, the different melodies, and they all sort of like mesh together so well. That is what I picture my systems in my business to be. (laughs) Um, Can you tell I have a two-year-old who really likes Encanto? But anyways, like everybody's executing flawlessly or near flawlessly interacting with everyone else. And it's just this beautiful thing, right? That's what we want to get to. And that's where we get to having a profitable business because the systems allow you to be not just efficient, but also effective. So ultimately, your profitable systems need to allow you to bring customers in consistently and then serve them with a high quality and be able to deliver results also consistently. When you can do those things, you will have higher profits and a business that has a very solid foundation and is so much easier to grow. So I want to pause there and actually say, I want you to have profitable systems. I want you to have well-defined systems, but they don't all have to be perfect for you to grow your business. 
you don't have to have everything built out to a T to be able to go get more work. So another client example is coming to mind. This one was in my incubator and she was talking about how she's spending this time putting this document together as to give to her clients as part of her onboarding process to give them sort of options to choose from different things. So she didn't have to personally walk them through all of the options because it was becoming repetitive. And so obviously that's a great idea, but she was spending so much time making it perfect that she wasn't doing some of the other things that were arguably more important. So I think the, the thing that we need to focus on is like getting our systems where they're good enough to where things are as easy and frictionless as they can possibly be in the short term without achieving perfection. Let's let go of perfection. I say to myself as I am a perfectionist, and I know a lot of you are too. This is something where we come into a new client and we realize, you know, things are not efficient. They're telling me if this person left, I would be screwed. Um, I don't have time to work on CEO projects because I'm too busy working with clients. We have major feast or famine mode. We have team members or, you know, other resources that are underutilized. We got to step back and figure out how do we focus on the right systems to make things more profitable? So let's first talk about all of the systems that you have in your business. So we think about the different departments. This is how I think about systems. We've got marketing, which is how people become aware of your business and you and what you're selling. It's all the way from getting cold eyeballs on your stuff all the way to, you know, they're taking action to book a call or sign up for your thing. So marketing systems. Then we have sales. So a lot of times marketing and sales go hand in hand, but they're actually very different things. So, you know, if marketing is the awareness and drawing people in, sales, in my opinion, um, is the conversion of strangers to paying customers. Whether that happens on a sales call, whether that happens on a sales page through a funnel or whatever it is, that's sales. Then we have delivery or operation. So once you make the sale, you have to do the thing. So all things that are related to delivering your offer to your clients, that's the third set of systems. That one's typically the biggest set. Then we also have finance. So we can't forget about financial systems, y'all. <laughs> um, financial systems are the things that not only help you keep track of where your money goes and help you file your tax returns, but finance to me is really the data that tells me how your business is doing so that you can make decisions as the CEO to improve your business. Because really the data is, is money. How much money are you making? How much are you spending? What's working? What's not? Like that's where we get the data from finance. Then if you have a team, we also have HR. And so, you know, any of your team onboarding, offboarding, um, giving them, you know, performance evaluations, raises, bonuses, all that stuff goes in HR. And the more people you hire, the more this becomes a real thing. And then the last one that I have written down is IT, which hopefully is not a big issue. But in this day and age, I know me personally, I think about cybersecurity a lot. You know, I think about the security of my clients' data since we do tax returns and we have social security numbers. Like these things are important to me. And I think, you know, we all have some form of data we need to take care of. In addition to most of us run our businesses from our laptops, like we need to make sure it's, you know, working, right? So marketing, sales, delivery or operations, finance, HR, and IT. 
I actually can't think of a business, a client that I've seen who has an issue in every single one of these areas. But I think every business does have an issue in at least one or two of these areas. And so how do you know where you have the issue? Number one, I think you probably have some sense of how your business is doing as the person who's in it all day, every day. So you probably can say like, these are the areas that I struggle with the most. But sometimes I'm going to tell you, I think that, you know, I said earlier, shiny object syndrome in systems is real. And I think that this comes up when we don't want to spend time or resources on fixing systems in areas that make us uncomfortable. And we'd rather go focus on systems that are fun. And so maybe for some of us, that's marketing. So we post a ton on social media because we don't want to look under the hood of our finances. Or maybe we focus on software systems, implementing a new project management tool when we really need to be going out and focusing on our sales processes. So I think you have to sit down and really think about where do things get stuck? Where do things get hung up? Going back to my list of how you know things are unprofitable, where are things the most in your head? Where where do you struggle to delegate the most? Where are things the most unpredictable? What are the things if you walked away tomorrow would be really hard for your team to keep working on? There's Those are the areas I think we need to pick to focus on first. So here's how I would suggest you fix your systems. And again, I'm not a systems expert, but it is something that I talk to a lot of our clients about because I think it helps us, you know, in terms of profitability, we want to focus on how do we increase overall cash flow and make our systems more efficient because this is really where we make sure we're spending on the right things. We have the right team and things in place. We are spending on the right software. We're making the right investments. And so what I ask um, our clients as we're thinking about what do we need to spend time on? So number one, if you were having to metaphorically go to a desert island with your business and you had to run your business with really spotty, let's say the desert island has internet for like two hours a day, like what would you take with you? You know, what would you do in those one to two hours? The reason I ask this is because I want to focus on really what are the most essential things that you are doing in terms of time and money? And how can we focus more on those really, really essential things and make those run smoothly? The second question I ask is this. If you could redesign the way that you run your business today, if you could throw it all out and start over, and I don't mean in terms of offers or customers, I mean really in terms of systems, how you execute on that. If, there, if you could redesign it all today and there were no limits on time or money and nobody would get mad at you for changing things, what would you change? And so ask yourself those two questions and I think you'll have your answer for where you need to put your focus in terms of which area of your business needs the most work. You know, number one, we need to make sure that we get rid of the extra stuff, the shiny objects. I find this most often, I feel like in terms of marketing, number one, definitely marketing, because we all want these fancy marketing strategies and whatever, but don't actually work. And then 
Um, I think the second most shiny object laid in space is probably in operations. We think about tools and technology and spreadsheets and things like we're, we may be doing things that were necessary at one point in time in our business, but aren't anymore. Thinking through some more questions for you. If we want to get rid of the extra stuff, I want to know where do your customers come from? Like thinking about your absolute best customers that you want more of these people in your life, you want more of them to buy from you. Where do they come from? How do they hear from you? And if you don't know, you need to start asking. Then thinking through those people, those customers, what do they buy? And what works really well in terms of delivering what they buy to them? Again, I think that helps you figure out like anything outside of that process we need to get rid of the excess. We don't need it. We need to focus on the things that are the most profitable. After you get rid of some of the excess, I would say with the extra time and resources generated that are freed up by getting rid of the excess, double down on what really works. Like for me, when I decided to switch to you know CFO clients instead of doing bookkeeping and tax prep and all those things, when I made that decision, I thought about who are the customers I want to work with and here's what they're buying from me. And what I started doing was letting go of all the other things we were doing piece by piece that were not part of that process, including customers that we sort of ended our engagement with, um, customers we didn't renew, systems and processes that weren't going to help me to sell the CFO services, all of those things we got rid of. And then with the extra time that I created, I figured out how do I really make the CFO process work? I think here we talk about doubling down on what actually works. I think I want to remind you that you need to do this in line with your energy. So as you're redesigning the systems that you're going to keep in your business, I think we have to realize that we're not going to be able to work 100% of the time all the time. You're going to have days where you don't have energy, where you don't want to talk to clients, where you don't want to record podcast episodes, right? You know, especially as a woman, I've been reading about, um, you know, cycle syncing, how there's certain times during this, my cycle where I do feel energetic and I want to record podcast episodes. And then there's other times where I don't want to talk to anybody. I don't want to do anything. I'm dead. I'm tired. And so recognizing that, like as you're redesigning systems and doubling down on what works, I think make sure you work with your energy. Number three is to document what you do. And this is an area where I've had to get a lot of help because I've tried to document what I do. But for whatever reason, you know, even if I keep open a Google Doc next to me and sort of write down or attempt to write down what I do, I always struggle with really seeing everything that I'm doing until I'm trying to explain it to somebody else. So at multiple times in my business, I have gotten help from people, you know, contractors coming in to help me with projects, to document the processes that we have. And then it also helps to point out, like they'll point out, Sarah, this doesn't make any sense that you're doing this. Let's do this instead. So document what you do. And this is an area, like I said, I think is really helpful to get help because also, when I think about having to document all of my processes, it makes me want to just like close my laptop and run away because there's few things that I want to do less than document processes. That's just me. So this is an area that I struggle with. So I think documenting what you do and then make it repeatable. 
you know, back to the CFO example, when we deliver on our CFO services, we have sort of a limited scope of things that we're doing within the CFO services. Now, for our clients and their finance teams, we basically do everything that they need for finance, but we don't do, you know, one-off consulting projects or things like that. And the reason is we're trying to make what we do repeatable because that is scalable, that is easier to grow than having, you know, me and my team going and doing different things every single day, every single hour. Okay, so that really wraps up what I want to say today about profitable systems, but hopefully you understand systems are, I think, so, so important for making your business profitable, easy and frictionless to run, but also it just, they give you such a solid foundation on which to grow your business. So stage two, protecting your business is about not just, you know, the things I always talk about, have a cash cushion, pay off your debt, like make sure you have consistent cash flow. Yes, super important in this stage, but also protect your business from your own personal, you know, swings in available time from your energy. Make it so that your business can continue to run whether you are there or not. We want to protect your business and make sure it can keep going without you being there day in and day out. Because I guarantee you there's going to be a day where you don't want to be there day in and day out. So I want you to sit down after listening to this episode and think through what are the areas where you need to get rid of the extra of things that you're not using to their full capacity, things that aren't serving you, things that aren't in line with doing the things that you do really well and doubling down on the things you do really well, documenting those processes, making sure you keep track of what exactly are you doing so you can eventually delegate those and then make those repeatable. Once you have repeatable processes and systems in place, that is something that is going to make your business 10 times easier to grow or scale because you have a solid foundation of doing what works. And then it just becomes a matter of doing more of what works really, really well. So that's it for the second episode of my profitability series. So I'll see you back next week for episode number three. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Now I want you to go take some action. What's one thing you can do this week to create more profit in your business? Send me a DM on Instagram at youngcocfo and share your action item with me. If you have a question or topic you'd like me to dive into, or if you're feeling empowered about taking charge of your finances, let's continue the conversation. Go to profitandprosper.co to submit a question or topic for me to talk about on the show. And because we all profit and prosper better with friends, please leave me a review on Apple Podcasts, subscribe wherever you listen, and share the episode. Make sure you tag me at youngcocfo on Instagram so I can give you some love, and I'll see you in the next episode.